0: This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on authenticity created by the real life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season four of the podcast. Hi, I'm Rachel. I want to learn how to service my own road bike. I carry around a red rock that's actually leftover sludge from the gold mining era and I got my first pair of grounding sandals yesterday.
1: Hi, I'm Jessica, and I am a health and wellness nut, and I used to cut out so much food that people said I was not only gluten-free, dairy-free, and grain-free, I was also fun-free. I am also scared of the dark, and I'm 41, and I was not designed to live in the great
2: north. I am a tropical girl. Hi, I'm Janelle. I never get headaches, only pain in my jaw. I'm perfecting my card dancing skills and I'm solar powered. And we are your
0: hosts of the True North Collective podcast. What does that mean that you're solar powered? Means
2: I require sunlight to be human and function. Ah.
0: <laughs> my brain was... couldn't my brain couldn't put two and two together. I was like, nope, not going to try.
2: <laughs> yeah. Very much the the tropical vibe, Jessica, because Mm -hmm. this is coming from Wisconsin, and I know you're in the Midwest right now, but there was very little sunshine last week in California, and it seriously affected me. I'm so used to it now, like being able to go outside and soak it up in just one week and just really fell apart. I knew
1: exactly what you meant when you said it.
2: Yeah, that's my battery
0: too. Of course I didn't because I love the snow. When you said, I'm not a, what did you say? I'm not a what? I'm I'm not, I'm a, not designed for the great North. <laughs> oh, I was like, sister, I, I am. I'll trade places oh. with you right now. All the time. People are like, oh, Southern California. And I'm like, in a, I have my two, like my beanie on and like, I'm like, yeah, I know it's so freaking hot. I hate it. <laughs>
2: I'm so glad there are people out there like you though, Rachel, because in my mind, those people aren't real. And then I'm always worried, but I'm like, everyone's going to want to live where it's warm. Why does anyone want to live where it's cold? But then you're a reminder to me that there are people that want to live in
0: cold climates. Yeah. I met somebody the other day, a random stranger, and I was like making fun of myself. And he was like, I'm the same way. Give me snow all day. I was like, no way. (laughs) I was like, that's awesome. What's your phone number? Just kidding.
2: (laughs) You need to move to the mountains. Okay. I have a question for you all. This is very, very random and has nothing to do with the random facts other than the fact that it is also random. I would like to know, why are we so grossed out by hair and nails when they are no longer attached to the body, but when they are attached to the body, we're basically obsessed with them.
0: Yeah. Can I go?
1: Um, this is also a question I have, because I clip my toenails in the living room, and my husband thinks I should just collect them in a little pile. and i'm I'm like, well, that's kind of like hurting a cat, right? And it doesn't work. They just go this way and that way, And I'm like, I'll vacuum them up when the time comes. And then he'll randomly find one and And he says it's disgusting. And I don't really understand that because he also paints my toenails for me sometimes. So that's that doesn't make sense.
2: So that's adorable that he paints your toenails sometimes. And also (laughs) I'm like, I feel like it's the same people too that are like, I love back scratches. And I'm like, well, those are my nail, like the these scratch, that's what does the scratching. And then they detach and you think they're gross. I don't understand. It's -hmm. the same thing. It's just not attached to me anymore. Anyway. It's gross. <laughs>
0: see, see. Or I was like... eating dinner the other night, and my dad was clipping his fingernails next to me, and I was just like, "Is this for real right now?" I was just staring at him, like, "Hmm, what's going on in your head right now that you think I could eat lasagna while you're clipping your dirty, dirty fingernails?"
2: Those dirty fingernails touch everything. Like those dirty fingernails might have dirty made fingernails.
0: fingernails las- aren't no, they're not wiggling around <laughs> in my lasagna. no I veto no also you clean up hair at the gym with me and that shit is nasty
2: no and it totally okay on one side I get it like I think it's nastier if I find like hair in my food I'm not excited but I've been really trying to change my belief system around it because
0: I don't get it why why do you need to change your belief system around that because I don't
2: want to be that grossed out but like I don't want to send a meal back because someone's hair is in it (laughs)
0: I will send it back for you. (laughs) Oh my God. That one could be a line for me. Is this my Midwestern
2: dice? Also, don't
0: put your energy towards changing those beliefs. Put your energy towards changing other beliefs. I
2: don't want to do the hard work. I just
0: want to. I mean, I feel like that's hard. I just want to clip my toenails in the kitchen and be okay with it. I mean, you can live alone and do that all you want.
2: I mean, I was actually totally just clipping my toenails while we were talking. That's what made me think of it. And I was like, am I a disgusting person? And I'm like, no, because they were fine until I just started clipping them. And that would only make me disgusting now.
0: It's a very good query. Mm-hmm. I appreciate anyway. it. I like it. I, like it. I oh, feel yeah. like I'm learning a lot about you. Thank yeah. you. Know. That happens.
2: <laughs> I I really want to start asking people all these questions that like, I don't know. We were also just posting about, we're going to do a sex ed podcast episode. And so we're like, what are the questions that you didn't get asked when you were in, um, or like you didn't get answered when you were in sex ed class as a kid and we're starting to compile them. And I just posted a picture of a zucchini and a condom, which made me feel really uncomfortable, but I did it anyway (laughs) because I also didn't have a banana. And then I got quite a few people commenting about unrealistic expectations on- (laughs) (laughs) i was like y'all i did not have a banana it was the only veggie in my fridge right now i need to go grocery shopping i'm sorry if my zucchini size is offensive to you
0: dude when i was reposting that my i was having lunch with my dad and he's like right 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 what are you doing over there what do you what do you got going on over there and i'm like i'm like please like i don't want to have to explain this to you right now (laughs) i'm doing true north collective stuff dad (laughs) He's like parents. hovering over as I was writing like sex ed class. I was like, please just stop. I need space. <laughs> both of my
2: parents follow me on Instagram and I'm like super excited for what I see that they looked at my story when I posted the zucchini picture with the condom that I just like pulled out of my drawer.
0: <laughs> you know, I follow quite a few like sex educators on Instagram and a lot of them will um, will say things like, oh mom sorry if you're watching so it's I don't I always wondered if like maybe that was like a normal thing for sex educators to be like having open dialogues with their parents but it's not apparently or maybe it is or it isn't or I don't really know
2: that makes me feel a little bit better (laughs) is your office actually haunted
1: (laughs) that's the only conclusion (laughs) I can come to at this point are we the same person
2: you're saying all the right things tropical yeah
0: haunted your k okay with toenail puppies do you like things being haunted jessica
1: a little bit i don't know if that's weird but i kind of i don't know it's kind of fun to delve into the unknown oh yeah
0: mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. janelle has a whole show about it i do
2: no you do i do i take tinder dates into haunted hotels and film it you put it on the internet because <laughs> what else would you do with your life than that
1: Do they know they're gonna go on a haunted date?
2: They do. They 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 opt in. They sign a release form.
1: That's amazing.
2: That's Um, the other fun thing. I'm like, nice to meet you. Here's a release form. Date me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm going
1: down. Haunted home.
2: You'll have to do one. I'm uh I'm going and filming this weekend down in Riverside, California. There's a low-key haunted hotel they don't talk about being haunted which to me means it's gonna be hella haunted because everyone else is trying to make money off of their haunted rooms and this place isn't like keeping it on the dl which to me is like i bet there's some freaky stuff that happens there then
1: so do you do you just do a tour or do you stay the night i mean i'm sure you're not staying the night i'm not making oh, a your
0: no you're, you're staying s-
2: i'm staying the night <laughs>
0: Oh my god! It gets it gets a little. Um, I mean, sometimes Janelle has been dating these men, and they really see how close they get. Yeah. What are you saying, Rachel? It gets a little risque. Does it? I mean, there mm-hmm. was that one, the first one you did. There's like a moment where you're like sitting on Adam's lap, and I was just like, "Okay, hi, Janelle." But like, like legs the, just like wrapped. I was like, all right, here we are.
2: You know, it's like The Bachelor. They all jump and wrap their legs. That's what I was trying to do. Bachelor Ghost yeah. Adventures. Got to keep it I going. I think this is a
0: great promotion for it. So you're welcome. <laughs> you. Yeah, I'm
1: definitely going to watch now.
0: Now that I know this <laughs> exists.
1: You.
2: Mm-hmm. we were Adam and I were dating for a while though I will say that some of the other ones I feel like we don't touch because I'm like hi I don't actually know you but <laughs> the first one I was like we've been hanging out for a while but anyway we should introduce Jessica <laughs> If you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you know I'm pretty obsessed with Whoop. Whoop is a wearable that tracks your heart rate variability and will give you a ton of data around your strain, your recovery, your sleep. What's different about Whoop compared to other wearables out there is that the data it gives you is very in-depth and it's really giving you a holistic picture of what your day-to-day strain is from the second you get up to the end of the day not really just your workouts or giving generic metrics around steps for example that can be good if you just want to get up and moving but if you're really training for something or you want deeper insights whoop is amazing they even have a journal feature that'll tell you what behaviors you do throughout the day and how they affect your sleep and recovery. But one of my favorite things about WHOOP coming from the fitness industry where people are really always just encouraging you to push, 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 is it was really permission giving for me to actually take a recovery day. If I woke up with a low recovery score, deciding, hey, I'm not gonna run today, I'm actually going to rest because that's what my body needs and that aligns with my goal of longevity with my body. If you are interested in getting your first month of WHOOP free as well as a free WHOOP strap, we're going to drop a link in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM me at Jane L. Reese on Instagram. Awesome. So we're very excited to welcome Jessica Klatt, founder of B, a human writing specialist and a small business consultant. Jessica founded her sole business, B Industries, after a very long career in title insurance. The universe basically nudged her continuously into a place of discomfort, who've been there, until she surrendered to what she was being moved into and began taking and excuse me, and began, began taking active steps to live more fully in her purpose and talent. Her deep belief in knowing that we are not here on this planet by accident, supported by her decisions to define her own purpose and utilize her skills to help others do the same. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. I'm excited you. to have you here.
1: Yeah, it's so fun. I'm excited.
2: So, our first question we like to ask our guests is: What does it look like to be Jessica today?
1: to be me today. Um, you know, every day is brand new. I think it's one step closer to, you know, who I really am. So I think that's, first of all, I I feel like I have to give that disclaimer. So me today, um, I'm very introspective. I'm very self-aware. I've grown to be more self-aware. So I would say I'm still very much me. I still have all the same qualities, but now I know when I'm kind of, um, A lot to deal with, right? I'm more self-aware when I'm a handful. So I think that's me today. I'm still who I am. I'm still a lot of chaos and a lot of movement, but I'm like, yeah, I know. That's cool.
0: How did you get to a point where you could accept that or like even be aware? Like where did that come from?
1: Uh, Crying on my kitchen floor a ton. That's uh, where
0: Years and years
1: of just dealing with kind of repeated things over and over again until you kind of break the cycle. So for me, yeah, uh, a lot of it happened on my kitchen floor and my shower. I cried a lot there too, and uh, just kind of had to own a lot of it and decide if I wanted to stay over here or move over here. So pain.
2: Very relatable. Rachel and I both drive super cross tracks in the moment and there's a song all about crying in your super cross track. And I will tell you, I've done a lot of crying. Yeah. Kitchen, I don't know. Not kitchen floor, but super cross track bathroom and closets for sure. Mm, other places.
0: Crying is so important. We de- definitely don't give it enough credit. So I love yeah. that answer. Um, When you, when you think about the difficulties that have gotten you here. Um, what, is, what is that like? It's kind of, I didn't expect to hear that um, as a thing that was allowing you to kind of step into who you were and are. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, I think it's,
1: you know, I work with people all the time and I hear it a lot. You know, like all the things that have happened happen to you. You know, some of them are kids, your kids, and it does all that stuff happens to you, and and then you grow up, and you still have all those things that happen to you. But then, as an adult, you have a choice to either use alchemy and change it into something positive, or you can let it drive the car for you. And you know, one way you can make something new and amazing, and the other way, it can. I can just take your life, I, I think, in the the worst case scenario. So that's that's kind of what it means to me. All those past experiences, I've just taken it and I've put it into the efforts that I make now to have a greater understanding of myself so I can understand people better. And I think that's the key is we're all just different. and I think when you can have understanding about each other, you can have compassion and peace about that, and that helps everyone. So past experiences, that's how it impacts
0: me. Yeah. I was going to say it's, it's gotta be very refreshing as a client or even as the people in your life to sit with you, knowing that you've sat with yourself through a lot of that. Yeah. I think it's important.
1: You know, I really believe in like trust is my highest value trust. And I just don't think I could walk into a client situation that I haven't self-analyzed just a little bit and put myself in their position. So that's fair.
2: I've been um, playing a lot with, I mean, I've been playing with this gosh for many, many years, but (laughs) another round, like you said, the repeating patterns or another rendition of um, showing up as my most authentic version for lack of better words of myself, um, in professional settings. And so I've been sharing on the podcast that I was applying for jobs for a while and really starting to get wrapped back up into that, have to be perceived in a certain way to, for people to want to hire me or to be perceived as valuable or to be perceived as worthy of the job. And I've started to transition away from applying for jobs and going into freelance, um, marketing and working for myself again and really just having to ground in um like don't don't be someone you're not like literally lead with who you are and then if people like you then talk about what you do and how you can help them um and kind of like Rachel is just mentioning I feel like that trust and that you just brought up Jessica is like so Critical and kind of just like underrated too. Like at least in my mind, it's always been like, how do I be perceived as professional? Or how do I get people to take me seriously? Or how do I get people to think that I'm worth their time? And it's like, I just, I'm so tired of doing that. So I'm just not as much and just showing up as myself. And then um, it's been really cool to see how most people do respond positively, or that actually draws more people in. And there is that trust that's built, because they're like, oh, you're not just like trying to sell me something, or, um, you know, show up and I don't know, bulldoze things. But you're just like, hey, well, I'm here if you need me.
1: Yeah, we're not you know. made for everybody. It's That's the thing. And I think that, I think times have shifted. And I, I think that's really unique in the world that we, I keep saying this to my clients and it's something I live by that anything that isn't authentic just won't stand. And we're getting to a point in time where it's time to just align with yourself and the right things that are meant for you are going to align with that energy versus trying to fit that box. We were talking about boxes before we started, uh, Rachel and I were, so I feel like that's
0: maybe the, a good theme. There's, um, when I lived in Minnesota, there was a I don't remember the radio station anymore. KDWB, maybe. KDWB. That, I think it is KDWB. <laughs> and the main guy in it, I can't remember his name. Dave hey, Ryan. Yep. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> one. He was saying, I like this sticks with me and stuck with me back then. He was like, the more true to yourself you become, the more people won't like you. <laughs> but what I what I liked about that was you do kind of become your own weed out, you know, like and you know, he was trying to be funny and like make a joke, like so many people hate me. It's because I'm so true to myself, you know, and like, you know, remove the, you know, all jokes aside and and then remove like the self-deprecating language. Um I, I found that too. It's like people naturally do just fall away. And um I I still have to grieve that sometimes because I don't know it's like we all want to be liked and there it is an interesting space to sit in when you're sitting with somebody or sharing space with somebody who you really admire you're like oh you're awesome and and by you being you it it I don't know you can like feel that it is a landing and to be okay with that um I'm still I'm still learning that um And then to just have grace with it, have grace for them, have grace for me um, in allowing it to just um, play its course, which might just be that for that moment or however long it is and not needing to then create meaning around it or make it, you know, ask why or try to figure it out. It's just like, it just is and it's okay. Um, Again, easier said than done, but I'm practicing. I'm proud of myself because I feel like I'm getting better at it. (laughs)
1: Goal, right? Just practice. It's
0: all practice. I um,
2: I don't know if this lands for either of you, but I had a nice conversation this morning on a hike, and one of the things we were talking about is not only letting people fall away that don't necessarily align with you when you show up as yourself, but also, and this is a terrible word for it, but it's the word I use, like auditing (laughs) your friendships of like checking in and seeing, are you actually focusing your time and efforts and the people that you really wanna be focusing your time and efforts on? And I like Rachel and I, you would just have, you and I had this conversation too a couple of days ago, but I, I know sometimes for me, I can be very, um, like, I love meeting new people. I wanna welcome new people and I love hearing people's stories. Like that's one of the reasons why we created this podcast, right? Like we, we like to connect with new people. And I also have to get like really grounded in who the term has been thrown about, like who's in your front row, like who do you want in your front row that is really um, going to be there for you and like you are going to invest a lot of your time in and that we do have such limited time. So how do we focus on um, those people or and also like acknowledge that there's going to be a front row, there's going to be like the main section. There might be some nosebleeds, and then there's some people that no longer get tickets into your life, and and how, um, yeah, just like how to manage that, and how to be really aware and mindful of who those people are. And uh, I think a lot of times it's easy just to go on default or or to do things because you want people to like you, and then all of a sudden you realize, like, if you actually pause and stop, you're like, oh, I don't. If I really look at this relationship, and is it giving me energy? Do I feel supported? Am I getting what I needed? Like, if the answer is no why like why are we chasing it why are we inviting them to sit in the front row and like trying to pull them down from the nosebleeds when they don't want to go sit in the front row um so that was kind of just a, a nice reminder and I don't know if we've talked much about that on the podcast before we've talked a lot about making new friends but not really um the management of time and energy when it comes to relationships um outside of romantic relationships
1: there's a really good book out there. Um, it's actually written by the founder of BNI, Ivan Meisner. I think it's written by him. I can't remember. That's where I heard it, but I could be wrong. It's called "Who's in Your Room?" Who's in my room? Who's in your room? Don't don't quote me on any of this, except for it's roughly that. But it's it's really good. I read it, and it goes exactly in with what you were saying, Janelle. Um, like, how do you how do you get a doorman into your life? Like uh, somebody who checks the people at the door. And the idea is that every person that you let in doesn't really ever leave. Like they leave an imprint on your life. So you have to be really, really selective. And they talked about really getting clear on your own values. So for me, one thing that's really important to me is trust. I I really want people to trust me, which means I really want to trust them. So if I have that value and they show up and that's just clearly not a match in values, it's, it becomes really easy to shut the door. So that value system becomes my doorman. And knowing that, you know, there are people we've let in that it's too late They kind of made a little imprint, but we don't have to have them in the front row anymore. But we can also now keep that door shut at the right time. And I think that's so valuable right now. And then being who you are, that's so clear when you know who you are.
0: It's funny because I'm like, Janelle, did we have this conversation? Because I was totally having that conversation with somebody else um, where basically I became friends with somebody and it was like a fun connection, but I wasn't getting exactly what I was looking for at this point in my life. and. So I was like, you know what, at this point in my life, this is what I'm really looking for when it comes to like people that I'm letting in. And we didn't have like a big thing about it. It was just kind of like, okay, cool. And the person never left, but the relationship has adjusted. And at first I was like, oh, so what are you doing hanging? Like, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. But then as I sat with it, I was like, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. It's like, they're being them. I know what I'm getting now. Like in my interactions with this person, it it looks this way. I'm cool with it. It's not taking, or it's not ruining anything for me. I'm not getting ultimately what I want, but like not everybody has to give me what I want. So that's cool. They can be, you know, to, to your point, like in the... I don't think they're a nosebleeder, but like they can, you know, they can be whatever role they are within the court that is who they actually are. And I can meet them there and like, great, I know what I'm getting, and that totally works for me. Like it's not taking anything from me, it's not hurting me or anything. Um, and so I kind of the doorman's an interesting thing for me because um I do think that in the past I would have just been like, okay. The the door is now shut and you're you didn't you didn't meet me I can't meet you this isn't working da, da da and I feel like I'm so much more playing in like I don't know it's like I actually play a lot in the in the bleachers and like yeah I have I know who my like core team is when the when it's game time but I'm not necessarily having to spend every moment with them it's just that they. They have a different layer level of intimacy with me, um, but I actually sp- still spend a lot of time, like I said, with the people in the bleachers, and I have a lot of fun up there. Um, so I don't know, I've been like playing with to take that analogy even further. I guess i'm I'm playing with allowing myself to meet people where they are without taking away from from my needs too. And that's that gray area has been um, really interesting and new. So.
1: Yeah. I think that's really fun though. I think that that is a sign that you're becoming really secure in yourself. I I think that's a security within us when we're not looking for external factors to make us feel happy, to make, you know, to make us feel anything.
0: Yeah. Especially too, because it's like such a release of pressure on everybody. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I just, for me too, you know, it's like, I don't need you to be somebody that you're not. That means I'm not going to get upset when you can't meet me there. Or if you get upset because I go there and you can't, I'm, I'm starting to be able to just like, take it, take a breath and be like, oh yeah, they just aren't at that capacity. Maybe not because it's like better or worse. Like that's just not where they want to put their energy. And like, okay, now I know, like, great. And I also don't need to fix this for you. Like you're going to be okay. And I can sit here in the uncomfortableness of it (laughs) and, um, and we'll get through it. And then now we have more information than we did before. And like, it's all good. You're still a great person. And now I have more information about how you want to show up in the world and vice versa. So. Nice to meet you deeper. Like, <laughs> so yeah.
2: I've definitely been trying to play with the, just the knowledge too, that people who speak their truth in general, a lot of times don't get positive reactions. And so sometimes, um, I've been on both sides of this for sure, but sometimes I'm like, Oh, it's just like, I'm asking for people to tell me, their truth because I want to know and I want that information so I can make an educated decision. Um, But then I feel like sometimes people just don't share it. And there's this like unspoken thing in the room, which again, I've been on both sides of this, like the person doing this and the person receiving it. Um, But like really trying to remember it in those moments, even if I'm inviting people in to have that conversation and like, Rachel kind of like you were saying like they can't necessarily go there like I'm the same way I used to be like all right well then you're out like you can't tell me the truth you're out of here like we can't address what's there but like really letting people be on that journey for themselves and like okay well you feel like uh sharing it with me and putting it out there cool like I'll be here but until then like I might just spend like have a little less focus than I did before um or you know vice versa, so it's kind of just been interesting to really reflect on like where I am doing that to other people and, then, and like what kind of like how I would want to receive that if I was doing it, and then also um where people are doing it to me and not just yeah immediately shutting them out and being like, sorry, you are banned from this establishment. <laughs> you are no longer allowed to come inside of this this place um, and that has been it's like I don't know if you guys get this, but it's like almost like you. I don't want to say you don't care about anything because you care a lot about stuff, but like you don't actually care about as much anymore. If that makes sense, it's just like, all right, like I care about, I don't know, taking care of myself and that I am showing up how I want to show up for other people. And then everything else, you kind of just, I don't know. I mean, like I care, but I don't care. (laughs) Does that make sense?
1: I think it's a different kind of care. I I just, I feel like it's all just a different kind of care where you're giving people the permission to find themselves or not. And when you do that, you have to take some ownership for where you're at too. So I think we, we kind of been in a world, I see, you see it all the time, but I see it changing too, where people want to self-sacrifice for the feelings of others. And at the end of the day, that's not really good for anybody you know, we have to own how we feel. It's not so much what's done to us. It's how we react. We've all heard that over and over again, but I think that's what the don't care is. Like that feeling gets a little confused. Instead, we're just can have compassion for where people are at. We can hope for them to get more in tune with who they are, but we don't have to own it. We don't have to own their
0: feelings. Okay. I have a random question. Um, we were talking about boxes earlier and like having boxes, being boxes. I think boxes are inevitable, um, because we do live in a 3d reality. And so it's almost like if you're looking at a snapshot of anything, like that's going to be a box. Um, and I think boxes are helpful when we don't feel like there's representation and now we can kind of name something into existence. Um, but I think we, I, maybe I don't have a question. It's a statement. I'm just having a statement about boxes <laughs> because I've been tended to be like very like fuck boxes. You know, they're the they're the worst, and um, I think that's probably because I, when a box arrives or when I see myself as a certain construct, um, I I hold myself hostage to it or I get trapped in it or I feel like I'm getting trapped to in it, um. So I don't know, I would just love to unpack that a little bit more, like boxes and how each of you play have has played with them. Okay, human nature.
1: <laughs> we all, I think that's just we've been trained, or maybe it's human nature, I don't know, that we we don't really want to feel separation from people. And, and so I feel like we go through school, trying to, trying to fit the curve, trying to fit in the box, stand in line, follow instructions. It's all very um, inclusive in that, that system and that box. And then I think we grow up and we become adults and we start to realize who we are. And then pretty soon the box doesn't look very appealing. And now we want to be so far outside the box that. You know, I think it's like, how do we be in a little bit of both? Because sometimes we are going to be in the box. The box isn't exactly all bad. Um, so maybe, maybe it's accepting the box too. You know, be outside the box when you want to be outside the box and go in the box when you want to be inside the box. Isn't it okay to be both? That's how I see it. I,
2: this is not a very in-depth contribution to this conversation, but did you guys ever see Finding Dory I'm just viewing all the tanks, the water tanks they were in, and just how they would always so easily jump from one water tank to the other with like, a lot of ease, but then they'd be like, in one water tank, and they'd be like, hey, buddies, I'm in this water tank, and then they jump to another one, and then all of a sudden, they'd be like, we're in the ocean, and then they'd end up in a tank again, that is the visual that I'm seeing for this conversation.
0: I love that. I feel like that's, yeah, that works. It's like, we don't have to take it so seriously. You know, I mean, so I got a, my septum pierced last Friday and, you know, it's hard to miss it. Now. When I look in a mirror, it's like right there. And the first day I went through like 24 hours of like, oh my God, I'm like the fucking coolest. I look the coolest. I'm the coolest person that ever existed to like, what the fuck did I just do? Oh my God. I can't remember. Like it's there. <laughs> like literally swings (laughs) to like knowing that the little like teenage punk version of myself is like so happy right now and like then there's that other version that's like okay you get the the shtick um and so what I love about what you just said Janelle is that it can be both and like that's kind of where I settled out rather quickly um was like I am all of it and like what the ring nose ring represents also doesn't represent what I think it represents and what the nose ring, what not having the nose ring, I what I think that represents is represents that. And also doesn't, it represents that because of what we've said it represents, but it doesn't have to. And so I, I've kind of been playing with like when I start to hold on too tightly to any one version that I think like, it represents or doesn't, it's like challenging my own self to say, like, in an alternative universe, maybe it was a requirement for all of the, you know, such and such people to wear, have septum piercings. And so it just happens to be that in this slice, it has represented this, but that is something I can either continue to live into, or I can make up whatever story I want or whatever, I can do whatever I want with it. Um, and I, I think to being in this time, where a lot of stuff is being questioned, um, I'm appreciative of that. I mean, a nose ring is like, so benign compared to the, the larger conversations that are happening. And um, it, it's, it's, it is like the small thing that I can that I'm just like, speaking to in this moment of like, even something as small as that, having a shaved head with a septum piercing as a 38 year old, you know, in, in many conversations could be taken as detrimental to like my potentiality of being able to get hired, of making the money of da, 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 and that is just not true. And so I can live into that or not. And so anyways, that went way, not really where I thought it was going to be, but I see myself kind of jumping from tank to tank moment to moment as I settle into the narratives that exist and the narratives that um, I'm kind of like allowing to get disrupted.
2: Um, This is an interesting vibe happening with me right now, but I'm just gonna keep rolling with it. That was, I think was my point with the question about fingernails and hair though too. It's like the idea that Something again, like when something's attached to you, it's attractive, and when it's detached, all of a sudden it's disgusting. And there's like so many small things in life that we do that with. Of, and it doesn't have to be like disgusting or accepting, but you know, there's can be other terms that you add to it. Of like nothing has really changed, other than like this little small thing, and it's mostly just a mindset thing. It's a the idea that okay, like having your septum pierced are you really that different of a person or like, do you look that different? No, right. It's something small. It is like visible, of course, but it's really not anything different. But then all of a sudden there's like this, this story, this idea, this, this belief that's attached to it. Um, And whether that's coming from inside of us, yes, of course it is. And, and, or the external world too, but like (laughs) that kind of goes back to like, does anything matter? Like, why do we care about anything? Like, can we just let it all be Um, but that was also one of the reasons why I brought up the, the nail and the hair question, because it's, again, it's funny how this like just this little, little change all of a sudden goes from, I love my hair. I want my hair to be long and luscious. Oh, my hair's on the floor. That's nasty, you know? Um, and it's just like this quick little flip of a
0: belief without that much happening. And Jessica, to your point, it's like, it is both. Like it can be both. It can be, it is both. (laughs) Like, you know, it's like, because there is something really interesting in the fact that over in a room of three people, 500 people, each person has a different perception or a different narrative or a different take on something like that's super interesting. That's what makes the world interesting. When we start to hierarch them, that's not a word, <laughs> when we hierarch them, uh, you know what I'm saying? That's when I think it starts to get a little bit, um, But I mean, I guess you could even go more meta with that. And like, that's just another perspective, too. So it's like the existence of all of them is, is period. Jessica, oh, go for it.
1: No, I was just going to say it's kind of interesting, because we speak it into existence. And so isn't just everything's a box, then? Like, what you said, Janelle. Everything's a box. It's just all a box. It's a box of whatever we made it. So if somebody thinks, "Well, I got this piercing," and and then they have that regret, they're like, "Oh, now I'm not going to get the job. I'm not going to make the money." All of a sudden, that all happens to them because they made a story. They wrote the story, and then it became their book. I think that's fascinating because I think that ties right into the whole thing that uh, happens within the box that we create because
2: everything's a psyop. Everything. So is the box only unfortunate if we stay in it like it's a prison cell?
0: You just created another box for yourself.
2: (laughs) Well, is this like a party where we move from room to room and it's just all cool? We're like, we're in this box. This is the blue room. Now we're in this box. (laughs) If you say it is, right? If you say it is. I was I was gonna ask before Jessica. Are there certain boxes that you've really been focusing your awareness on or like trying to um accept and know that you can exit at the same time? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: all the time. All the time. So I really care about what people think of me. I think you've said that earlier, Rachel. I wrestle with that too. I I want to be liked because I have really good intentions. So I think I've always had that habit of, well, what's your box? I'll just try to fit in your box. I'll fit in your box and then you'll like me. That's what I'm trying to break. So my mantra for 2021 was just let things go that don't align. Just let them go. And I think that helps. That's my my conundrum too. I feel yeah.
0: Can I
2: ask a follow-up question of what you've let go of?
0: Hmm.
1: I did a whole bunch of letting go. So I let go of the fear of not having money in order to revamp my whole business. That was a huge one for me. So letting, I mean, 2020 rocked most people's world and it definitely rocked mine and hit my business hard. And so I had to let go of that fear In order to move to a new place because you know that's what happens the universe says oh good look at you all comfortable i'm gonna make it super unbearable and so i'm I'm learning to be more in faith than fear and let let that go so that was a big one that just wrapped up so i feel
0: like i mission accomplished that i was gonna say the boxes are almost an invitation to of What am I trying to say? I was just doing the show notes for the chasing happiness episode, which will have been live at this point. So if you haven't listened to it, I highly suggest it. Um, but Christy was on and she was speaking to how she actually has been able to connect with happiness is by befriending her suffering. And so similarly, I'm like, okay, so if the box becomes a prison cell for you or whatever, Befriending that box and getting to know it is like a really beautiful practice, actually. And so is the box actually that terrible? And is it just actually an invitation to get to know who you are in that box versus who you are outside of the box? And it's just all ways to get to know yourself.
1: I really love that. I think that's called shadow work in some different areas of I don't know, depending on what you follow, but getting getting really familiar with that whole the box or your shadow or those trigger points within yourself. Man, that's where you find yourself.
0: 100%. Oh, yeah. I'm so mm-hmm. in that right now. And it is it is once you start doing it it's actually like I don't know, it's a different kind of high. Like I feel like I kind of am like Okay, what else we got to look at cuz like whoa, I feel a lot lighter. Like, holy shit. Um, yeah, I'm kind of digging this space. It's uncomfortable as hell, but, um, I, the, the call it reward, whatever the it it is, um, it's a different sensation than the quick hits that, um, that I've gotten and they are way deeper, way more impactful. They seem like they will be more sustainable. I mean, I guess time will tell. Um, and if history serves and cliches, then (laughs) they will, you know, they will bring the benefit. Um, But yeah, dang, I am so glad that I am at a place where I'm ready to, to go there because it feels different. Can I, can I ask you
1: going through that? Did you feel like you had the same thing uh, trigger trigger that, that response in you to make you look at it happen to you over and over again. A lot of times it just keeps cycling around until you're oh, yeah. finally like, fine. I see you. I see you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is like, I addressed it. I'm quote, doing a air quotes. I addressed it all those times. It was just like, I just wasn't going deep enough, which means that maybe I'm still not going deep enough. like maybe there is more maybe, but this this feels different. Like this feels like the the stuff that I am choosing to face is like allowing me to face more things whereas the last times it was like I was quickly trying to address the thing so I could shut the door back, you know, get the chest back closed and then move on with my life. Um this is like oh in that corner, there's actually another chest and I can shrink down like little Alice in Wonderland or Alice in Wonderland. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And now I've taken the red pill and I am in a new treasure chest and okay. Like that's it. It feels like there I'm just, I am excavating, which scares the shit out of some of the people. Some people in my life are like, well, I didn't say I wanted to go there with you. So what the fuck? And I'm like, okay, you don't have to, but I'm going to I'm going to go there and the invitation will be there. And if you choose that to, then that's okay. Um, but I am, yeah, it's a different world. I, it, yeah, it's a different world. Yeah.
1: I think you feel like um, that other, like, when is it going to come back around? And I've been there a million times. And then all of a sudden I'll be totally fine cruising along. And then one thing, just one thing will happen and it's like, Oh, there it is. And it'll put me into a shambles for a while, but it's like peeling back all those layers. And then suddenly you do, you get to that core and then it never comes back. At least it hasn't yet for some things and some other stuff. It's still like, I'm like, Oh, I can feel the trigger coming, but that's kind of the fun of it because you do, you get to see what it is instead of walking around ignorant to why you have reactions to things.
0: Yeah. And it's, um, what's so fascinating about all of this to me is like, in order to get through it, you have to face the thing, the last thing, the last possible thing that you would want to have to do. That is the thing that you (laughs) you're being invited to do. And like, you've done everything you can to not have to face it. And so, to ch- like the last thing you want to do is that, but when you do it, it is like, you're able to like, I don't know, there's like this release. I mean, I, I've cried. I've been brought to my knees so many times in the last four months. I, I'm not even like afraid of who I am when that happens anymore. I'm just like, oh, you just got to work through some stuff. This, okay. All right. We're going. Here we go. Great. Let it out. <laughs> Leak away. <laughs> um, But it is, that's the the thing that's been the most interesting for me is like, oh, so in order for me to, to get through this, I literally have to face my biggest fear, but by facing it, I will be able to face it. And it won't be, it won't hold, have me anymore. It's like, it's so simple. (laughs) It reminds me of, do you guys, have you guys watched Harry Potter?
1: Not for a long time, but yes, I have. Do you remember the, I don't know which one it was, when they have all those fear things they each have to face, like their worst fears, and it's whatever they manifest, and it comes out, and it doesn't go away until they fully acknowledge it and deal with it. I feel like that's life.
0: That is totally life. That's so deep. That's so (laughs) true, though. Um,
2: I've actually found I've been playing with core values and like, what do I really care about and what? what do I want to focus on in my life and how much some of my core values are actually also my fear and like my quote unquote shadow work and how they're tied together. And that has always been really fascinating to me. Cause I think a lot of us think of like, Oh, these core values, these things that matter to us so much, they should be this easy, simple thing. But I feel like half the time, the reason why they matter to us so much is because we didn't get those things growing up and then therefore or at some point in our life that was a significant not significant enough impact and now we value it so much because there was the contrast of whatever hardship, trauma, whatever terms you want to use um in our adult life, but we basically continuously self-sabotage because we're afraid of not getting that thing. Or those are like the patterns we know of not getting it. So therefore, even though we value it, we're setting ourselves up for failure. And I've seen that like time and time again in my own, my own life. Um, We've talked about it on the podcast, but one of the ones that for me, and I even changed it, I wrote, it was vulnerability, but really what I wanted to put down, but I didn't put it down was the idea of to be like, to be seen. Like I want to be seen. I actually like attention, but I have such a, like a shadow aspect of that, that it's bad or it's wrong or it's like you're a egotistical person if like you want to be in the spotlight and you you want that and so basically for my entire adult life I've either like avoided seeking that attention or I've done it with a lot of shame or I've like pushed other people in the spotlight because I'm like you should want to be here right and then almost been in some ways like resentful because then I'm like oh well you're in the spotlight and I'm not in the spotlight but like I wanted the spotlight um And so, just doing like a lot of work around, wow, like I actually really value that. It's important to me. It's something that is a part of who I am. And I've actively suppressed that my entire life. And like, honestly, it's probably one of my gifts. Like, when Rachel, you were talking about cold weather and liking to be in the snow. And I'm like, I hate that. Sometimes when I think it comes to our values, it's like, oh, well, who wouldn't want all the attention? Who wouldn't want to be seen? But then I meet people all the time that are like, I don't want to be in the spotlight. And sometimes I forget that. It's like, oh yeah, like not everyone actually wants this. So there is enough spotlight to go around. I don't know, (laughs) it goes back. I mean, there's so many like lack mentality, that goes into that of like the depths and just picking it apart to realize how you got to where you are, even though I say I value that, but I don't act like I value it.
1: Yeah, that's a fun box. I think that whole thing is a box. You know, it's, it's funny working, I, I work with the individuals and I tell them all the time most people think their strengths are their weaknesses and so uh, like archetypes I don't know if you guys are familiar with archetypes but you think of like a fire archetype and you are probably (laughs) Janelle a fire and so we want to be seen I am too we want to be seen we want to feel understood and then when we don't get that attention we actually think people maybe are pulling away from us and there's that sense of abandonment because we really have a deep desire to be loved and to be heard so we want to squish that down to not be so much and we want to kind of shadow it back a little bit but really that we are energetic and people are drawn to that so when we can just move into it and stand into it that is your strength by the way it's really that's where really, that's where you're supposed to be. That's exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. hide it
2: totally. I've on and off hit it for a long time, or just like you even forget the things that were so natural to you. Like it seems simple. But I look at my childhood and I was like, I was in choir, theater, dance. I mean, like basically anything that would put me on a stage, I was in. and then somehow I got to my adult life and I'm like, all right, well, I'm just gonna hang out um back here in the Dark corner by myself behind the curtain, and I'll cheer you guys on. It's like, what
0: when did that flip? <laughs> there was um a person that I met, and I don't remember who, otherwise I would give them a shout out. Um, who I think I've shared this on the podcast before. Um, who said your values are actually the thing that you will most struggle with for most of your life because they're that important to you. Um, and So, you become almost an expert in it and you like dissect every aspect of it. And I I loved that because it was like one of mine has always been authenticity. And I'm like, how could I possibly have a value of authenticity, have a podcast of authenticity, and still be like, who the fuck am I? Like, well, because I care enough about that question to go to the depths and the nuances and like to excavate it and to unpack it and to turn it around again. And I care that much that I want to like, squeeze every bit out of it and then see and then fill it back up with water and like do it again. And so um I don't know. I loved that. I had to sit with it for a while when when he first said it. But then um I was like, yeah, that really lands. I like that. Um I also wanted to say Janelle that I have a friend who this is so gross talking about fingernails and stuff. Um so there are people so there are people well, I already knew this, but I think, still think it's gross. Um, So she would collect our other friends, like, okay. So one of our friends has like, a.
2: (laughs) am already cringy. I started this topic and I'm already like, you said collect and fingernails. And I was like, I'm out. I dropped my
0: belief system. So in college, there was a girl who like, I don't know. She had like, I don't think it was a foot fungus, but like she could, she would like skin would peel off of her feet or she would peel the skin off her feet or it was dry I don't know something but then her roommate would collect the skin in a little baggie and then sometimes when we would go into their room they would be watching a show or whatever and then the one roommate whose skin feet it wasn't they weren't her skin feet in the baggie she would be playing with them between her fingers Okay. I think I'm going to hurl, but what I'm
2: going to take away from this story is that there is someone for everyone in the world. And <laughs> if you have not found those people, you'll find them. And I'm, I'm like profusely sweating. Cause that made me so uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> but that is my point. People like to touch skin when it's on you, right? Like people are like, Oh my God, do you like to so peel? Soft.
0: Do you like to peel the skin? I do, off. I peel, I do too. I like that too. No,
2: I peel my son. That's what I mean. But then you say it like that. And I'm like, almost puking over here and there's really not that much of a difference other than that it's attached to you and you're taking it off and then once it's detached it's gross but oh, oh.
1: I think it's because she kept it in a baggie <laughs> and then
0: used it would it be stuff. better if it was out of the baggie using it between her fingers <laughs> like if you accidentally found it somewhere like, oh.
1: but it was the intentional collection of the skin and, and then <laughs> when
0: self-soothing self that's like tech you know like oh wait it gets worse in between sessions where she was like feeling the skin in the, between the bag she would pin it up on her desk <laughs> <laughs> just, like, it
2: for later. this is the most horrific this is like american horror story this shit like
0: sorority shit is what it is
2: <laughs> you're <laughs> i've never heard anything like that before ever ever <laughs> I haven't either. I was listening to the anger therapist this morning, big surprise. And he was talking about as the one where he does the podcast with his girlfriend. And he was like, "Will you make hair voodoo dolls in the shower where you like take the clumps of hair. And <laughs> I was like, that's, that's actually probably what got me back on this topic was the term hair voodoo dolls. And I was like, why is that so disgusting to me when I love, like, hair on people's heads is great, but then you start taking the hair and making, like, little voodoo dolls yeah, But the hair it the in shower the shower wall.
0: The hair in this shower drain has so much other stuff in it, and, like, when you have to pull it out of the thing, it's, no.
2: You're giving me, I actually have the chills and not the good chills. Normally like, oh my God, we have you know, the chills. know, you and did this
0: to yourself. You created this box <laughs> and you created a box. You lured me in and I'm just playing in it.
2: <laughs> I am like, I'm being transported back to Spire again.
0: And the, what
2: you just described is like when we would have to pick up the shower grades and I'm just like, this is the hair of our 600 member, members, 600 women just pulling it over and over and oh it was like a rope also oh go for it
0: no I was going
1: to ask if you've seen that YouTube video of the dad who um he's going to do like a YouTube video on cleaning the shower drain and how to do it and the wife is filming and he's talking he's like well first you just got to get your screwdriver out and take off this little thing and and then he's like (laughs) and there's a lot of hair in here so you don't want to you're not going to want to touch it so I'm going to use a baggie and he puts like a bag over his hand and he goes in and he pulls it out and he starts to he's like oh my gosh and the wife is recording the whole time and he keeps trying to do it and he starts kind of dry heaving and then he's like oh it touched my hand it touched my hand and I was I was bawling so funny but you guys probably would really enjoy that since you have a history
0: so you're welcome. I really
2: enjoyed just all that's no, I can't do it. I was like, I'll just go and watch. hair. Pull- no, I can't do it. I can't even I say can't, it out loud. I, I, I can't, can't say it. it. I also had another random thought that has nothing to do with this conversation, but it has to do with ghosts. And I woke up the other morning in my bedroom, and my bedroom door was locked from the inside. And it was not locked when I went to bed. And I was having... You
0: could, you could have a peeping Tom, my friend. I know.
2: I was kept on having dreams. We were talking about house ghosts they've died out but i kept on having dreams where there i'd like have a ghost in my bedroom or like i thought someone was like standing above my bed to the point where like i would wake up out of my sleep think someone was standing there say hello and then turn on the light like i was fully awake at this point and then no one is there do you
0: have a camera
2: i do in my living room so in order unless is they're jumping through the window what in my bedroom i know and it was locked last night weird right ghost stuff I think the ghosts of the mission and are like communicating to me before I go there. Absolutely. Maybe it's the Ouija board in my closet.
0: Did you bring that with you or was it there?
2: No, I brought it with me. It's from Savannah.
0: <laughs> I used to have a Ouija board. Okay. Um, we're going to ask our last two questions. Jessica, you've been such a good sport. We've been really in rare form tonight and I appreciate you. <clears throat> How do you live your true north in one word?
2: Surrender. Surrender. Um, That's my word. And if people want to get a hold of you, learn more about you, your business, plug all yeah. the things and, and how they can play with you.
1: Yeah. So I have a website and that is wiredtobe.com. And my email is jessica at wiredtobe.com.
0: So they can check me out on there amazing thank you so much for playing with us that was yes. really fun that was and really playful fun. and deep fun. existential yeah. It's literally the perfect combination i like to think of myself as somebody who can talk about death and fart jokes in the same sentence and i feel like we did that in essence and i appreciate it so thank i, oh, I love it. it thank you guys
2: This has been another episode of the true north collective podcast for more from Rachel and I check us out on the gram at the true north collective underscore, and make sure you're signed up for our mailing list. You can do that at the true north collective.org to stay up to date on all of our resources, tools, and upcoming events. We appreciate you being here with us. We'll see you next time.